0: The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business on News Talk. With us is Jer Gilroy from Off the Ball to look back at what has been one hell of a year in sport. And I think perhaps, Jer, the thing that we should look at first is the book ending with the rugby. Because the Grand Slam uh, win back in March looked to be the start of a process beginning, a train rolling out of the station that would have us now celebrating the
1: World Cup. And you'd have to say as well that victory over South Africa in the middle of the World Cup also was a a sense that, ooh, maybe this time it's going to be different. And uh, when the semi-final weekend comes around, we'll still be around. But unfortunately, that was not to be. Why? That's the uh, $64 million question, right? I don't know. I think you can begin to look for made-up reasons uh famously after the last world cup it was because the posh boys are posh that was the, <laughs> the, the oh, there's not enough dog and not enough fighting them you like i don't know about that i think maybe you know they'd gone over the top with the coaching tickets yeah the english posh
0: boys do relatively okay under pressure they they're seem posh to. too
1: yeah they do have a lot of northern england uh we you know, have on the team we do we do and we've we've uh, people from all parts of the country who end up sometimes going to the the schools too so look my point is, there are a lot of ridiculous reasons that you could you could point to. I think sometimes when you get to very elite sport, you get within the kick of a ball or the bounce of a ball here or there and this time we were legitimately in that conversation. Four years ago we weren't. And so, if the bounce of a ball had gone our way, it, there's um, uh, a hand underneath, there's a, a five metre dropout, uh, that they get the drop out. we knock on from that and all of a sudden our sense of confidence about what's you know, we
0: but is there an unreal expectation? I mean, that's where I think the, the book ending is, is worth looking at. The the success in the Six Nations. Do, do we get unrealistically flattered by continuing exposure to the Northern Hemisphere teams before we get our arses handed to the, us ourselves by the Southern Hemisphere?
1: Uh, if if we'd been if we'd been annihilated by the Southern Hemisphere teams, but we beat the eventual champions in the game that they were taken seriously, and so I that's why I think we were there or thereabouts. If you remember, right, so one of the things that uh, Jacques Ninabar said when he came over was, we were celebrating, but we were celebrating because uh, there was a a blocked kick from a conversion. And I was like, this is true. They beat France by a point that was a two-point swing. Now, there's another 100 incidents in the game, which also results in a swing, a penalty here, a penalty there, a line-out, a scrum. And so you can't really say that's the one thing. But if you boil it down, like... And and there's a there's a, a view afterwards that he'd started early, and there's another view. It, it, it's all when you get to the absolute elite sports, and there's nothing between the teams. A bit of luck goes to one team, and I think if we if we read too much into it then we'll throw the baby out with the bathwater and be like, oh, we need to stop doing what we're doing. Well, that was the last thing that I wanted to ask on the rugby. Are we in
0: a better position as a function of that as we look four years hence, or is it Ladder rinse Repeat, we're locked in this cycle?
1: I think we probably are. And I think one of the things we should start trying to do a bit more is is probably learn a little bit from South Africa and that um, they just enjoyed the now. And that if, they, if they lost along the way, it wasn't a, a catastrophe. We've definitely found that trying to build a winning culture and sustain that winning culture is better for us because it, it creates, you know, suddenly Munster are good again and so we have uh, pro- provincial rivalries and that's going to bring through an extra slew of players who are playing at a slightly higher level and you've, you've got to be hopeful, I think, because otherwise, you know, you'd stop going. By the way, how's your relationship with the South African coaches? Is it, is it yeah, back I mean, on an even keel? I mean, they, they, I'd say they don't even know who we are
0: anymore. Uh, we mentioned the non-posh boys.
1: Munster, of course, big year for Munster winning. I think it was a, a, a really, really important turnaround because early in the season, and it's difficult to remember this back because it's the end of the previous year, uh, they'd lost a lot of games in a row and it looked like they weren't even going to qualify for Europe. And they they end up winning the league and they end up winning the league the hard way by coming to Dublin and beating Leinster and then going to South Africa and winning in South Africa and against the Stormers. And it's just like, you assumed that they were going to lose both games. They were a double-digit uh, um underdogs with the bookmakers in advance of those games but I think when you come through something like that you you get this sense of being a team of destiny and you can lean on that at various stages even if things aren't going well for you at various points the season afterwards there's now uh, they've got that silverware thing which is again very unquantifiable from a sports team's perspective what it actually means and why it means so much I think it means so much because it had been so long, and it was a reward for Conor Murray and Peter O'Mahony and, and players like that to do it with a, a drop goal in Lansdowne Road. You know, these are these are kind of iconic moments that are very important for for certain teams. It really matters.
0: It's funny, I read a thing years ago that looked at the. It looked at different me- methods of, of psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis and therapy. And it said that regardless of the methodology, there are a couple of common factors that work, with the relationship of trust with the therapist, a number of other things. But one of the things in the sort of the six things that are common across all was the provision of a success experience, that the patient goes away and is able to come back feeling they've achieved something and feeling a bit better. There's something
1: in that in the silverware thing as well. There has to be something unquantifiable in that success experience. And I. I One thing that I would say on the flip side that I'm concerned about is that Leinster were the backbone of the team that lost the Heineken Cup final and Leinster were the backbone of the team that lost in similarly heartbreaking circumstances against New Zealand. That's the one bit that I'm worried about in terms of the... so Leinster, if you look back over the last five seasons, since they won the European Cup, uh, they got beaten by Saracens twice and La Rochelle three times and in all five of those games you could argue that they were in with a chance of winning. So they're very close but there's just a bit there that they need to get over the line. And I think when they get over the line, there's going to be a, a burst of freedom for the Irish national team as well. And loads of people say this is nonsense and there shouldn't be a combination between these two. But it's like, you look at the team, it's 12 of the same players. And they get beaten in the last minute, horribly by La Rochelle, two seasons in a row. So when there's three minutes left to go against New Zealand, are they thinking, that's okay, we, we, we do this all the time? Or are they thinking, it's happening again? So I just think there's a, that would be the one thing that I would say perhaps we need to work on.
0: Looking back at 2023, it is the year that we lost two international managers um, from the uh, Irish soccer team, male and female. I have been ever more intrigued by the reaction to the departure of Vera Pau because she was sort of idolised by media, possibly by the sort of second tier commentary media rather than the frontline sports guys. But the fall from grace was fairly significant post her departure, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a a very interesting case study where somebody who is very successful and and takes a team that had previously failed um, and then delivers a certain amount of success. I think if Vera had got the team out of the group, it would have been impossible for the FAI not to give her a new contract. But because we didn't get out of the group in the World Cup, and because there have been incidents before the World Cup where it's kind of, it's quite embarrassing if there are allegations about your manager that come out as you're having your big launch with your big sponsors at the Mansion House, even for the FAI who've managed to embarrass themselves on many occasions, they know what it's like. They have, they've got a good grasp of like, well, this is, this is just as embarrassing as something we do. I mean, there's only one of us who are allowed to cause things to, be, you know, this isn't going to work if it's going to be symbiotic like this. So I think that was right. I like we've we've debated this back and forth. Dutch people are more direct. There's like there's loads of uh, comedians on my Instagram feed who I really enjoy with their Dutch directness. I think it's hilarious, but uh we Irish we're not direct. We will not tell you the truth about what we think about you ever until either you're dead or, you know, you've turned your back on us. Um, Although there is there is precedent from both Keane and Charlton of yeah, us really like... Well,
0: that is a fine point, yeah. That's how you make a point. Um, what about the Stephen Kenny departure? Because that it must have been awful for him where he knew that every single press conference was going to be, is this the time you are retire? Are you retiring yet? Are you gone? When are you going?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think they kind of... Everybody had no choice just to let it f- play out at the end. And like once the Dutch game and the Greece games had gone the way they had... Really, once the Greece games had gone the way they had, there was there was no comeback for them. I do think, though, that in when when everything settles, we're going to look back at the fact that uh, the Aviva was a much busier place. It was a much more vibrant place. The, the football going public supported Stephen Kenny, and they supported the team that he was trying to put out, and the age profile of the team, and uh, you know the number of caps that they have, and the experience that they have, and the, where they were applying their trades. You know, uh, Bene has gone from. Uh, playing for Rotherham to now being the fastest player in the Premier League and talking about the confidence that he got from international football we've seen several other players and I'm not just talking about the Evan Ferguson's of the world who are always going to make it but players who have definitely benefited from exposure at an early stage I've no doubt that Gavin Bazunu got his move to Southampton partly because of it and that they stuck with him because of the profile that he's got from international football too and that's because of Stephen Kenny so we'll see what his legacy is in a year two years 18 months it was difficult because I, I, I wanted them to succeed. I thought that we were playing better football. I, I mean, I don't know if everybody really wants us to go back to the grinding boredom of a lot of the football that we saw. And everyone's like, oh, it was the successful. The results were nice. Were they... Were they? Were, oh, were, like uh, Occasionally, nah. we'd, we'd scrape a one-all draw with a... Uh, well, we got into tournaments and we
0: progressed in them a little. And we all had good fun because of it.
1: In 2016, we did. We did, definitely. In 2012, the tournament was... Dire. The football was awful. Uh, Trapattoni was past his peak and he wouldn't pick the right players and the atmosphere was terrible. In 2016, if, if Martin O'Neill had left in 2016, I think he'd go down as one of our great managers. I think because of what happened afterwards, Um, you know, people forget about the ritual humiliation of the World Cup where we get beaten by Denmark. Is it five or six, I can't even remember. And Nicholas Bentner scores a hat-trick. It's a, a very unhappy moment. But the football in that whole campaign was terrible and he kind of had... had um, certainly reached a point of no return. So, look, the football, the, the men's football team, not a great place. The women's football team are great. Let us move to happier things then. Huge victory
0: in 2023 in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Now, does this lead to a situation? I find, maybe I'm doing the whole bunch of them a disservice, but I find with America that when they do well in a sport, it's a very important sport. When they do badly in a sport, they forget that it exists. Is there a danger in the same with the Ryder Cup that by getting hammered to the extent that they have been, they will stop caring and it will quietly fester?
1: The next one's in New York. Uh, where the golf fans will be pissed up from early hours (laughs) and they will be uh, in full MAGA mode, I suspect, by the time that rolls around. Um, Who knows who'll be uh, at the opening ceremony as president. It'll be interesting to see. I think the thing about this is that uh, the home team always wins, or certainly has done at least for the best part of the last two decades. So I've no doubt that American golf fans are going to get particularly patriotic the next time. I think because there was such fervor from the Europeans that there are a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know what the digital equipment of the bulletin board is, but there are a lot of tapes that will be, you know, doing the rounds in the WhatsApp groups of the American golfers from uh, McElroy and Lowry and everybody hyping up the crowd. And actually, it's probably, the, it's probably for the best that when you're on your home turf, you absolutely annihilate the opposition. I think that a lot of people thought that America were going to come and beat Europe but the collapse was so precipitous and so quick over the first two days that uh, the final day was actually shorn of, of any drama. And I, I understand the point you're making, but I suspect that the Ryder Cup has so much... and I, I think, obviously, what's going to happen as well is that the best golfers in the world will be playing at the next Ryder Cup. Will they even? I, I will they? Because this is, of course, the live qualification issue. Yeah, I, I'm fairly certain uh, a deal will be done to make sure that that... Because uh, you, you can't... It's going gonna, it's gonna to end up in Spain at some point in the next half decade. And, you know... There's no way that they're going to have uh, Hamlet without the Prince at all. Like you just can't do it. So, um. has that been damaging to the game, the whole live experience,
0: and now the PGA Live deal? That that sort of quasi capitulation, as it's perceived.
1: When you think about like in those terms, how would you how would you suggest that it has like what's what's the measure of the damage? Is it commercial? Is it lack of interest? Is it uh, people thinking that? Uh, rich people getting paid too much to do a sport <laughs> is immoral. Like, that quotient has spiked. But for golf fans, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Give me a sense of what you're excited about for the year to come in sports. Your personal life is your own business. There you I go, wouldn't there you have go. To.
1: Uh, Well, I think the Euros in Germany is going to be great because a football tournament in Germany, uh, there's, a, there's a world in which all football tournaments should always be held in Germany. They organise it so well. The fan culture is sensational. You've got to bear in mind that most... Um, Almost all of the Bundesliga clubs are are fan-owned and so it's a really proper, they they understand the cultural value and significance of football and it not being taken over by nation-states and as a result, when you go there, uh, it's brilliant. So I would certainly recommend if anybody is on the fence about going to watch some top-quality football, um, then there's that. I think... Golf and whenever John Ram plays at the Masters is going to be particularly interesting to see exactly what level of support he gets from the crowd at Augusta, who you know are, are quite genteel compared to some of the other ones. Uh, and then like after that, we're, we have Limerick bidding for six in a row. You're going to have Dublin versus Kerry in that second tier of, of the rest of the teams uh, really starting to make a move. The Olympics are on in Paris. Already they're concerned about terrorism. Uh, there's been some... You know, we're, we're not going to have a special policing plan for this or we're not going to have any, we're not going to change our opening ceremony. It, I, you know, that is going to be a, a a long drumbeat of a narrative in the build-up to it. And then there's lots of brilliant Irish medal hopes, um, particularly track and field Rashid Adeleke, At this point, fingers crossed, touch woods. she arrives in full fitness and we will all be in front of the TV watching that.
0: I forgot when you mentioned Irish Metal Hopes it was only that that reminded me of our significant um, boxing medal winner of the past that being Katie Taylor who of course is now pro. Big success for her this year. Is she going to be in Croker for the comeback? Is Eddie Hearn going to manage to put enough pressure on government, GAA whoever's knocking around to give us Croker? I think
1: it would be mad if it didn't happen. Really. Like everybody just needs to take it 10%, 15% Ten percent, fifteen percent less, and make it happen, and that would be including Eddie Hearn, who is uh, a genius at making money and a genius at stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't promotion. say
0: he's eager to take fifteen percent less. He than not. Eddie.
1: He's not. He's not. He wants the money to come from the Dublin City Council and the tourist board. And do you know what? When you think about the amount of money that we give the Americas Cup, like, is there not a case that maybe I understand that the boxing crowd, you might not want the boxing crowd to be coming and sticking around for too long, but like, <laughs> did we not? Did the tourism industry not rely on stag and hen parties from uh, from England on cheap flights for about two decades? Are we now saying, no, you can't come anymore? Jerry Gilroy from Off the Ball, thank you so much. If you want to get in touch, happy new
0: year. And to you. The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at 9. On News
1: Talk.